Hi, I'm Amy. And I'm Emma. And welcome back to Soul Tap, our podcast where we go through our spiritual journey and talk to you guys about it. So, how was your week, Emma? Eventful. I say eventful. It wasn't it wasn't that interesting. It was just a week. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> how was your week? My week was kind of a blur. I quit my job last week. So yeah. I've been just going through the motions and trying to get everything finished up there, but like also not trying to work. So um, yeah, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> my week. I actually work for me has actually calmed down. They gave me a lot of stuff last week, but I finally, I, I feel like I have a handle on it now. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it's actually been really nice. Like yesterday I was able to actually like chill at work and I wasn't like stressed or like, oh my gosh, I have to get this and this and this done. It was just kind of like, I got it. It's yeah. good. So it, it, it feels good. That's awesome. So what did you kind of research what'd you look at this week i mostly looked at my book it's called the chakra bible don't know who it's by patricia m something so i researched the root chakra or mudulahara probably pronouncing that wrong a little bit researched carnelian stone which we'll talk about later mercier patricia mercier yeah that's who wrote the chakra bible yeah shout out to patricia (laughs) hey girl (laughs) That's, and that happened all on Monday night, Monday or Tuesday night. And that was about it. I did some tarot otherwise. Yeah. So what'd you learn from the chakra Bible? Okay. So I learned, first of all, about a new chakra I didn't know about. So you, so you have the root chakra, Mm -hmm. you have the sacral chakra, you have the hara chakra, then you have the solar plexus chakra. And so in, according to the book, Eastern practitioners of chakra and everything that comes along with it tend to have actually have active hara chakras and western practitioners tend to usually have more active sacral chakra instead of having an active hara chakra and i feel like that's because a lot of western practitioners don't really research where chakras come from when they first start looking into it like it's so it it came to the U.S. and it's just like back in like the early 90s and it's been muddled a little bit. So like the ancient, I say ancient, the older older references to chakras and meditation and stuff relate to like Buddhist and just Eastern religions of that nature, Hinduism. And when it came over to America, we don't, those religions aren't really popular over here. Like we're those are kind of, that's just not part of our culture. And we've yeah. kind of almost shunned it a little bit, I want to say, because of Christianity. Yeah, I was going to say it's a little bit taboo, even though it shouldn't be. I was, I was <laughs> going to say taboo, and I was like, I don't want to call it taboo, but it's just, yeah. just how people view. How Americans are. Yeah. Selfish. If you're not Christian, then you're yeah. not American. If you're not from here, get out. You're a terrorist. <laughs> We're from Indiana, so we can... We can say things like this, uh, but we don't. We don't mean them. Oh my god, at all. no! Oh my god, no! Please, <laughs> please understand. We fully <laughs> love and appreciate all of our people. We we love anyone, no matter what religion. We yeah. just mock Christians a lot and white folk. We are <laughs> white, so we white can mock people. it pretty hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that it just due to cultural appropriation and just general 
ignorance and refusing to look into things before you start doing it. Mm -hmm. People in Western cultures, America, have just kind of put their take on chakras and stuff. And I'm just learning that there's a lot there that we don't just initially diving into it. You don't know. But Mm -hmm. when you actually start researching and looking at where things came from and religions that things came from and just historical texts and things, it's just there's a lot there that people just don't talk about, that people just don't know about, I feel like. Right. I'm learning a lot about what I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you kind of learn about Hara versus sacral? Sacral. Sacral. Like, sacral whatever. <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> what are they? What? How do you know they're blocked? What are they? Like, what do they do? I okay. Guess. Okay. Do you know any of that yet? No, I can't. Kind of. Not, <laughs> not super, super well. That's okay. We're learning. Yeah. So uh, I talked to you real briefly about this right before we started recording, but I'm going to mention it again. The, the book talks, the chakra Bible talks about, talks about a difference between, so a lot of people look at chakras and they're like, is it in or out of balance? And the book talks about, is it active, an active chakra, or is it passive? So active would be, is it, <laughs> basically, is it active? Is it functioning? Is it is your energy in there? Is it like, are you tapped into the energy of that chakra? Because that's what a chakra is, is, is an energy source, basically. Okay. From my understanding, the idea of working with chakras is to just to tap into that energy and like have that energy be balanced in your life is, is the, the goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but in the book, it talks about active versus passive. And so a passive chakra would be, it's just not doing anything for It's there, but it's, you're not tapping into it kind of is, is my understanding. And then when you have an active chakra, it can either be underactive or overactive. And that's where I think a lot of people say it's, is it in or out of balance? That's where that comes into play. Is it under or overactive? And once you start looking at meditations and the, the book is talking about visualization of chakras. I, I don't know if I can do that, but <laughs> I like auras. Yeah. 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 It's, it's similar. So the meditation I was looking at, I did not practice it though, <laughs> was looking at each chakra and seeing it as a ball of light. And the book is like, you can talk to it, like reach out to it, say hello, basically. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be doing that just yet, but, <laughs> but visualizing as a, is it as a ball of light and then just seeing where, like, is it, what color is it? Like, is it glowing? Is it is it bright? Is it subtle? And doing that for each chakra. And that's kind of how you can visualize where chakras are and like what kind of energy that they have currently. So mm-hmm. like an underactive chakra is not going to be as bright. Like when you visualize it while you meditate, it's not going to be as bright as an overactive or balanced chakra. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, so I guess it kind of makes sense. I don't know very much about chakras. I, don't um, I haven't gone into any research at all. Okay. I've seen a couple TikToks. That's all yeah. I know about chakras. Yeah. And the way that I've kind of learned about it is they're either open or closed. Mm-hmm. So that kind of makes more sense along with your active versus inactive. Well, because if it's inactive, then it's not open. Mm-hmm. It's closed off. Yeah. It's not doing what it needs to be doing. It, it, you can't access it. It's closed. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think it's just a little bit of a different terminology. Definitely. Um, I liked that you said open and close. It made me think of something else, though. Um, Kundalini is what a lot of people are trying to reach when they start doing chakra acti- like activation and chakra meditation and balancing and stuff is there are channels of energy. And so Kundalini, from watching YouTube videos and other social media, so very, very limited research, is an awakening in your body of these channels. And it, from what I've heard other people say, it feels like a snake coming up mm-hmm. as it, yeah, inside of you as you unlock your chakras and your channels. That sounds awful. I know, right? That kind of makes me want to vomit. I, like, it, I know it's supposed to be, like, beautiful and spiritual, but it, ew. It makes, yeah, no, it, <laughs> it makes me a little uncomfortable just thinking about it. And I'm like, I don't know if I really want to do that. But just knowing about it, I, I'm interested in it, you right. know. And I definitely want to look at it more, but I don't know if I'm looking forward to it. I don't want a snake. They're, they're a snake. I don't <laughs> want a snake coming up my body. <laughs> Leave those snakes away from me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. I learned about minor chakras as well. So that would be the soles of your feet, ah. behind your knees, and also I didn't take notes on this, but I know that in your hands have chakras. The book described them as subtle energy defenders of the body. So they receive and discharge subtle energy, which makes sense, especially in your feet. Like that makes sense to me. Back in the knees, I don't quite get it, but. It's, um, I can't remember what it's called, but the places where you put perfume, mm-hmm. because you have a lot of blood flow there, Yeah, that's what immediately came to my mind when you said that. I like that, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, based on what I know about where to place perfume. I didn't make that connection, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Pretty neat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting stuff, and I'm excited to learn more oh, about same. it. Yeah. I think... What I think it's really interesting how we are researching our own things and then we come back and we're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I think I want to look into that. <laughs> At least that's how I feel. Yeah. Because I haven't thought about chakras before, really. And now you're doing your research and it's like, wow, that's really cool. I think I want to kind of look more into that. <laughs> and I don't know if I would have thought of it mm-hmm. otherwise. Yeah, so yeah. that's another fun thing. Good. Yeah. This week, I didn't do very much researching myself. Um, Girl, that's fine. It was, I, I don't know, I felt like I didn't have time to do much between, like, work and just doing household stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, earlier in the week, I started reading, oh my gosh, what's the book? It's like the Beginner's Guide for Witches or something. I don't remember. But uh, I started reading that. And the first couple chapters is all about history, which is what I thought was really neat because I think history is really important. Like you were mentioning, too, with like the history of religion relating to chakras and all that. And knowing the history of witchcraft kind of showed... It didn't go like super in depth, mm-hmm. but it was just a little sneak peek into it. Yeah. So it kind of showed what happened and where it's going, where it's been. Okay. And I think that's really interesting. Did it talk about like Wicca or paganism at all? Like what kind of history did it talk about? It explained the differences. Okay. So I always considered or thought that paganism was its own specific religion. 
But according to the definition, paganism is anything that's not like the top five religions. So oh, okay. if you're if you're atheist or um, agnostic, agnostic okay. yeah, you're technically a pagan. Okay. What? Yeah. Okay. I feel like those. Okay. Yeah. So that was kind of <laughs> interesting. And then it really went into the history of Wicca because Wicca is super new. Yes. It was in the 1950s in Europe. They legalized witchcraft. You could be out and you could be a witch and you couldn't be prosecuted for it. I can't remember his name. Gerald Gardner. Oh. Uh, he created this religion around witchcraft and it just kind of shot up. And it started around the 1950s. Okay. And there's actually different branches of it at this point. Yeah. So there's Gardenian, which was his. Okay. And then there's uh, a couple of different offshoots. Okay. There's one that's specifically female. Like, they do not accept males. I hate that, personally. I, I see a, a place for the all-female, but I do think it's very non-inclusive. I have seen... Just to touch on that, I have seen reviews of books that are geared towards females and talk about basically are sexist and talk about how the divine feminine is so much better, is more powerful than the divine masculine and say that men can't be witches, men can't practice witchcraft. So if it's anything related to that, um, I'm... Those authors better not call themselves feminists. Oh my God, right? Because that's not that's, what feminism is. No. Like we want, we want to be considered equal. Like we're not better than anybody. No. We're so, I mean, I can see like, if you have a lot of trauma in your family, like in your life, where you had bad experiences with men, I can see why wanting to be in this kind of offshoot of Wicca where it's only women and you feel secure, mm -hmm. I can see so. that. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to say not all men because <laughs> right? nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> but it's a majority, it kind of is. Like, yeah, well, so the LGBTQ plus community, um, they are ostracized. Like, they, that's where feminism, feminism, what are words? Feminism. <laughs> feminism. <laughs> Femininity. They come to the play. <laughs> Because, like, they're ostracized. Ostracized. That one, because <laughs> they are traditional masculine. And mm -hmm. so I feel like a women-only religion should have the option to include those people in, just because yeah. society, American patriarchal society, is rejecting those people, mm -hmm. or has historically rejected those people. So. Yeah, and it's more than just American, but... Yeah, it's, it's a lot of the Western world. Well... I, a lot of the Eastern world. It's really the that, world. It, that's a really good point. It's yeah. stupid, and I hate it, and we need to love everybody. Like, Especially when I hate when it's religion, because they preach loving everybody, but then they're like, oh, but if you're gay, you need to die. <laughs> love everybody, but not those people. Yeah. Like, uh, did Jesus do that? No. He loved everybody. Fun fact, Jesus is a liberal. Oh, my God, right? That's... <laughs> That statement alone is just, oh my, I just, oh. He's also a Jew and brown. Right? He's a Middle Eastern man? What? Good Lord. Yeah. But, 
what were we even talking oh yeah the... <laughs> <laughs> that, i mean that's what this is it's yeah. tangents uh so i learned about the different offshoots and um different types of witches okay so like the uh, the green witches or i can't i should have taken notes but i didn't so I don't know any of the names, but I would consider myself eclectic. I feel like that's pretty common. Yeah. Because it's it's not one thing. Mm-hmm. They pull from different areas to create what they need for themselves. I watched a YouTube video, and it talked about this specifically. So it's the Warrior Witch Nike, and I think she has a podcast with some people. I'm not 100%, but it's the Warrior Witch Nike and Chaotic Witch Aunt talking about witchy hot takes. And you should, Amy, you need to watch it. Everybody should watch it. I think it's, it's a great Send me the link. video. Um, and so Nike actually talks in that video about that. And they were saying that beginners especially try to put themselves, understandably, try to fit themselves into categories about like what type of witch are you. She, They talked specifically about uh, crystal, calling yourself a crystal witch or a water witch or something like that versus a green witch or a like home witch, cottage witch. And it's, it's really, their description of it is these are just tools. Mm-hmm. Like don't limit yourself to only these tools. You can have that as a focus and especially starting out as a beginner, like definitely have a focus mm-hmm. that you're drawn to, that you, that you work with, that you learn more from and that you branch off of. I don't believe in that. I do it all. That's why I'm always anxious and depressed. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and they were talking about specifically with eclectic witchcraft. I forget what she, what they said explicitly, specifically, but basically everybody in the modern era are going to be eclectic just Mm -hmm. because just of how it's progressed and come around. Just watch the video. She explained, yeah. like, they explained it way more than I did. I had not planned on labeling myself. And honestly, I don't know that I would call myself a witch yet. The book said, if you're here, call yourself a witch. Like, you don't have to be doing things okay. to say you're a witch. But I don't know that I'm ready to say that. That's fair. And I didn't know that I wasn't planning on labeling myself. I didn't even know there were labels. So that's kind of why... I gravitated toward the towards the eclectic Definitely. because it's like an open all of your options are at your fingertips yeah and that's who i am as a person i don't do one thing yeah i have seven different things going on at all times <laughs> at least i am a virgo <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> like there is no there's no sitting still mm-hmm. there's no looking at one thing well especially when it's something that you're interested in that you're excited about too right um, I know when I first started looking into this, I, I was like, what type of witch am Like I took quizzes. I was like, what type of witch am I? And I like, <laughs> I, I was super into like the label because I thought that they were, I, I thought that you needed to label yourself. I thought that that was something that you like, it was just part of the path. Like you figure out what type of witch you are and then you go into that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the more I've learned, the more I'm like being an eclectic witch is definitely I feel a lot more fitting for a lot of people than Mm -hmm. they might realize. Yeah. It's just like with our little word of the day from our our introduction episode, it's manipulating. Like we have all these things to manipulate versus just one. Yeah. So why like limit yourself? Mm -hmm. 
why close off all of your options. Yeah. And I like that you brought up, um, you're not ready to call yourself a witch. And I, I still feel that way. Yeah. Like when I think about it, I'm like, I feel more ready than you are, but I definitely like felt that way. Like last like, year, I was like, I you've can't... already kind of done spell casting. Like you've yeah. created candles to protect you. Mm-hmm. You put energy out. I'm not there yet. Yeah. I'm just learning. <laughs> like witchcraft is super duper new to me i started off with astrology and i can tell you buku's about astrology but you know more about like the witchcraft and all that so Mm -hmm. i can see why you would be closer but i was curious if you called yourself a witch it's still i'm not like going around telling people like oh yeah i'm a witch like (laughs) i'm not really there yet but i mean you don't go around calling i don't go around saying i'm not a christian yeah like yeah it's the same similar thing but if somebody were to talk about it would you be like, yeah, I'm a witch? It depends on who. Yeah. And like the context of the conversation. <laughs> my parents, no. They, yeah. No. <laughs> you don't want to be disowned? Yeah. Not, not, I'm not living with them, but yeah, I still don't want to be disowned. <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not there yet. Yeah. And like, if, I, if we're at like a metaphysical shop and we're just talking to the ladies there or whoever works there, you know, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, a beginner like novice witch like I'm really just starting out mm-hmm. still like getting I still just getting used to the idea of being a witch but I think that like I think that comes back to just the stigma behind it and like growing up witches were witches and magic was always something different than the real world at least for me mm-hmm. like that it was always a distinction like that's not real that's not a real thing and, and if now, it is it's not holy yeah yeah just realizing like magic is real energy work energy healing is an actual thing and they're they're trying to do studies on it too and like there there have been some studies about with crystals like they there are quartz powered watches because Mm -hmm. quartzes have energy crystals have energy i never thought about that that's what my crystal book was the the crystal directory by sarah bartlett it's right in front of me. <laughs> um, talks about that and like you can squeeze your crystals to um, activate it and stuff. And like, yeah. I, for the first time, actually felt energy from my crystals. Oh my goodness. And it kind of blew my mind. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Are we jumping into I Got a Rock? Let's do it. Oh my gosh. Welcome okay. to our segment. I Got a Rock. <laughs> <laughs> So each week we're going to focus on a certain crystal and come back and talk about how we felt with it, how we used it, how it worked, how it didn't, uh, if we feel connection, things of that sort. So this week we worked with Carnelian. I'm so glad that we both have it. And I'm like, I know I kind of pushed us to do Carnelian first, but that's just because... Oh no, you didn't push. Okay. It's just like I know that it's associated with the root chakra, Mudalahara. I'm trying to like I'm trying to get used to saying it. So, <laughs> um, it's it's associated with that. So I was like, if it's gonna be like our first crystal and we're gonna start looking into this stuff, like that's that's what I wanted to look into. And I just mm-hmm. I know you you want to look into chakras as well. So I was like, we'll just it's a good yeah. a good starting place. I feel like yeah. And I honestly think it was a really good thing for me too. Yeah. Because I had it okay. Trigger warning, I'm going to talk about weight, eating disorders, food, all of that. Um, 
I have been overweight since I started school. First grade, I started gaining weight and I never stopped. So, um, to be fair, a lot of people just gain weight until like, like that's just growing. <laughs> yeah, but I gained weight faster than I should have. <laughs> okay. Very, very fast. <laughs> um, and I've had a lot of, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I have diagnosed myself with binge eating disorder. Okay. Which is annoying, but I'm trying to work through it. And as I was researching carnelian, I saw that it helped with willpower quite a bit. Willpower mm. and motivation. And that, as I kind of started back into my weight loss journey this week, that really helped me. Good. As that kind of rooted willpower. Okay. And I only binged like one and a half times this week. Hey girl, I get it. So I was very happy about that. And I could tell a difference. I didn't really start until like Wednesday, I think. Um, so I could tell a difference between Monday and Tuesday and the rest of the week when I had the crystal in my pocket. I am so glad you said that because I was carrying carnelian the week before because I knew we were going to be doing this. And I was like, okay, I want to get started. I want to do it now. Mm -hmm. And I felt the same way. I noticed a difference when I was carrying it versus when I didn't have it on me. And when I didn't have it on me, those were just tougher times. Like I, I told you, I had a fight with my boyfriend. I just Boyfriend? I know, I know. Is it official? Um, we're, yeah, that's going to go for it. <laughs> well, that's news to me. <laughs> well, it's just like, there's no reason to not say that we're dating because we, we are. We're living together. We're, we're basically dating. It's just, have I told my parents? No. Will I? Eventually. You're living in sin. I know. And also, like, when you guys were first going to move in, they're like... <laughs> You were like, oh, we're just friends. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> plot twist. Yeah. Uh, big plot twist. Still, I don't Drop know. that bomb on me while we're recording. I know. I'm so sorry. I was going to bring it up, and I was like, eh, it'll come up when it comes up. And it's fucking now, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know. It's like, we never really talked about it. It's just. There's no reason for us not to be dating. And, like, I love him. Like, he's, he's my favorite. He's, he's great. So, I just, I guess it's time. <laughs> We're going to be, what, April is going to be the start of living together, like, their third year of living together. And it's like, I don't want to not live with him. Like, he's, mm -hmm. he's just great. So. That's awesome. Thank you. So we could talk about carnelian more now. Okay. Got that out All right, of the good. way. Yeah, I got that out of the way. <laughs> uh, I want to say, okay, so I gave you your carnelian stone mm -hmm. because I knew it's, it's with the root chakra and I also didn't really know what else to get you for Christmas. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I have a carnelian and like, I like it. Like I just, it's just a good little rock, mm -hmm. <laughs> good little stone. Um, but I originally got my carnelian because I wanted it to help with my libido. Mm. Because just getting older, your sex drive goes down. And dealing, like, 2020 was stressful for everybody. We all know this. Mm -hmm. um, and so stress affects libido as well. And I was like, just getting frustrated, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, was, I got it initially to help with that. But 
researching it and realizing it, it actually has other properties. And it's actually like, I thought carnelian was associated with the sacral chakra at first, but according, according to my chakra Bible, which I love that that book talks about crystals. It talks about religion. It talks about yoga. So it's, it's a little bit everything. It's a good all around like beginner book for sure. Like I, I definitely recommend it as I'm going through it. But carnelian is supposed to balance the root chakra and it activates your sacral chakra and it brings light, which I don't know what that means, <laughs> but it brings light to the hara or navel chakra. But it's not associated with the solar plexus chakra. It's a, those other three it's associated with. So. Awesome. So I think all around we had a good time with Carnelian. Yeah. I actually thought about getting a jewelry with Carnelian. I was thinking that too. So it would be easier to have on me because let's be honest, I work from home. I'm not wearing a bra or pants. How am I going to keep it on me? I can't <laughs> hold it in my hand all the time. Yeah. I have to type. I'm an accountant. Yeah. So. Um, I know. One of the ladies I watch on YouTube, she's like, I think she wholesales crystals, but she she has a lot of information and she's always wearing crystal jewelry. Mm -hmm. And especially for healing purposes, like you want it to have physical contact with you. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're just like, if you just want the energy around you, then you, just having it near you, like, or in the same room is, is good enough. Yeah. You know, from what I've heard. I thought it was interesting. I didn't know what chakra it was associated with, but when you said it was with the root chakra, it makes sense why I was drawn to keep it in my pocket. Yeah. Because same. that's right where the root chakra is. Yeah. Because I, we're working from home, yeah. um, wearing whatever I got. And so <laughs> it, I usually had it in like my pocket, like my sweatpant pocket, or if I have a cardigan that has lower pockets versus like chest pockets I definitely had it lower mm -hmm. and it just felt better being down there versus being like near my heart yeah and I even like one day I was wearing leggings and I had it in my waistband heck yeah or um I had like a pouch at the back of a pair of my leggings Ooh. where you keep your phone or your key or whatever yeah I had it sitting in that Ooh. so I think it's really interesting I didn't know Mm -hmm. about the chakra but it was just kind of drawn that way but that's not where I was going with the energy okay <laughs> so I ordered a bunch of crystals from Etsy and they came in the mail and as soon as I held them in my hand mm -hmm. I just felt a shift in my body and like mm -hmm. I felt I don't know how to explain it it's like not pulsing but that's the only word I can think of. Okay. So as I was holding each of these crystals, I would pick one up and it would start again. And then it would kind of phase out. Okay. And then I also got, she gave me some little um, crystal quartz for. Clear quartz. Clear quartz. Yeah. That's the word. <laughs> for I'm really bad at the names of crystals. I'm, okay. I'm working on it. I'm working <laughs> on it. <laughs> so she gave me three of those little pieces. For my order, I don't know if she does that for every order, or maybe it was because I had kind of a big order. I bought five or six crystals, including two towers. So maybe... Oh, yeah. I forgot you had the second tower, yeah. Yeah. So maybe that was kind of why I had some, like, 
three of those little things that she gave me for free, but I use those to cleanse each of the crystals because I've seen somebody talk about how you should always cleanse your crystals as soon as you get them okay. to kind of clear out the energy of everybody else who had touched them mm -hmm. and like reset them for your own energy and your own intention to put into them. Yeah. So I felt when I did that, I also felt that energy mm -hmm. and it was it blew my mind Good, because everybody exciting. talks about feeling this energy and like the book the witchcraft book was talking about being connected to the moon and i'm like i don't feel connected to the moon am i am i not set up for this okay okay but then feeling that energy really kind of sparked that interest again mm -hmm. and made me really excited yeah it's hard when you when you haven't worked with it and you haven't practiced feeling energy it's hard to at first because mm -hmm. you don't know what you're looking for you know you don't know what you're feeling for I like that it's, the book talked about connecting with the moon though because I feel like ever since a kid I've been connected to the moon like just yeah yeah but. I couldn't have cared less <laughs> but I don't I think that was part of trauma like my aunt oh trigger warning trauma <laughs> my my aunt kind of mentioned this how me and my sister, she is a Pisces and I am a Virgo and she's four and a half years older than me. And there was a lot of argument between like my parents argued a lot. I don't remember it. My aunt and uncle argued a lot. I don't remember that either. But um, I, that's also part of trauma. <laughs> I was going to say, you probably remember it somewhere. You're just not actively remembering it. Yeah, like I told my therapist the other day, I was like, I think I suppressed a lot of my childhood. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people do. But um, my aunt was like, we spent a lot of time with them growing up. And I've, I'm still really close to my aunt. I would say I'm closer to my aunt than either of my parents. But uh, hopefully they don't listen to this because, <laughs> oops. <laughs> She mentioned that if her and my uncle or her and my mamaw were arguing, then my sister would be crying and begging them to stop and to get along. And then I would just be like, let's play. Like, we're not dealing with this right now. I don't care. Yeah. I'm a child. Just play with me. Like, I didn't care about anything. So I think that's kind of... What? Like, I didn't feel connection to the moon or, like, connection to anything because I just, like, wanted to be happy. Yeah, you were just, yeah. Okay. I don't know. That was that, really deep. It makes sense. <laughs> I, I definitely, I'm following you. I don't know, I don't know what to say, but I, like, I know, I understand. Right. Basically. Yeah. So, I think maybe with that, I mean, you're also Pisces, so mm -hmm. you have that emotional element. Yeah. I, and Virgos are notoriously non-emotional. We're <laughs> earth signs. We ground. Yeah. So not having that emotion, I, we're not emotionless. I have emotion, but we don't outwardly show it. Project it, yeah. We internalize our emotion. Yeah. So I think not having that external emotion projecting also helps with that not having the connection like I've always thought that the moon was pretty yeah but I'm not like connected to it yeah and that kind of freaked just, me out I just remember as a kid I would like talk to the moon and stuff yeah so I just that was and I specifically I, I just currently have this memory of being at my grandmother's house and like talking to 
I thought somebody was there and I called the moon. So I don't know if that was just like a kid weird thing or if that was actually something, but yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So I can kind of see how you got into it a little bit more before I did and why I was more into the astrology. Mm-hmm. because I was like why why is my sister so emotional yeah like why can't I reason with her yeah oh my god <laughs> rationality with the Pisces that those don't go together <laughs> no they do not <laughs> and they're gonna cry about everything oh yeah oh yeah that's my response to stuff is cry cry or freak out <laughs> and me as a Virgo Sagittarius rising I'm like shut the fuck up, get over it, and let's move on. Like, <laughs> I'm never going to say that to you when you're crying, but that's just kind of my mentality as a person is to figure it out and move on. Yeah, I'm not going to try to dwell on something. I'm not going to let anyone see my emotion mm-hmm. because that's vulnerability. Yeah, We don't do vulnerability. <laughs> that's also trauma. <laughs> I have lots of trauma, you guys. It wasn't the worst childhood in the world, but it wasn't great. everybody has some sort of trauma from childhood that's yeah it's just part of growing up I feel like you know just learning about the world and you just experiences in it and stuff but Mm -hmm. yeah I mean like divorce like you're you're a child of divorce even if it was later in your childhood honestly I think that because it was later it was worse yeah that that makes a lot of sense I grew up in a nuclear traditional household and getting that split up when I was in my formative years. I mean, I was 12, 13 years old when my parents divorced. Okay. Like, that's a hard time as it is. Yeah. Let alone having your whole world shift. Yeah. Like, that's when you first start learning about, like, the real world and, like, how horrible things are. Mm-hmm. And learning just just how shitty people can be, how shitty the world is, how shitty... You can be, yeah, your parents, your family, (laughs) you are, and just, like, you just really start growing up at that, mentally growing up, and brain development happens, too, at that point. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I know that, like, any sort, I don't know, I just, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I don't know, maybe we should stop talking about trauma on a spiritual podcast. (laughs) Were we talking about Carnelia? (laughs) (laughs) No, we were talking about how... Our connection to the moon, yeah. <laughs> because I finally felt the energy, but I still don't have a connection to the moon. Yeah, if it happens, it happens. You know, right. like don't definitely don't feel pressured or mm-hmm. like you're inadequate just because you don't feel anything. Like I personally feel like I don't understand or feel the energy of a lot of my crystals, and I've had them longer than you have. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just working with them and researching them and under just just working with them and practice really. Like the past two weeks I've been carrying carnelian is like the first time I've really felt energy off of my carnelian. And like the first time I've really noticed a difference, like having a crystal around and not really having a crystal around. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting. I think you don't necessarily need to feel the energy to get the impact mm-hmm. because I still haven't felt the energy off of the carnelian. Yeah. I've only felt the energy off off of those five that I got from Etsy. That's they all come from the same shop, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because like maybe she's just like maybe she has a lot of energy that she pushes out. Yeah. So that could be it. I don't know if I it was those specific ones. All of them were really like positive I mean, all crystals are positive, so I don't want to say that. But, like, all of them were, like, 
happiness and like power. Okay. I don't want to call myself power hungry, but I'm a little power hungry. <laughs> I'm a Virgo. You're tapping into your potential. That's how I would describe <laughs> that. <laughs> so thing, I, I don't know if it was the specific ones or if it was from her, mm. but yeah, you definitely, I've felt a difference within myself with the carnelian, but I haven't physically felt that energy like I did with those other crystals. Yeah. And maybe that's just cause like we need to charge it more. Maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I have only cleansed those five that I just got. Mm. I haven't cleansed any of my crystals. Yeah. I just got them and set them on my little desk in the area. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I've tried to cleanse and charge and I feel like I've, I've charged them under full moons and things like that, but I'm really mad at my apartment complex because they added, they just redid all the lighting basically. So now there's even more light at night, which safety I get, it's too much though. And now I, I don't think I actually can get any moonlight into my apartment. Oh no. Living on the first floor. So I know it's frustrating. So I'm going to have to figure out different stuff. Well, if you ever need to, and you feel comfortable, you can come over here because my patio gets lots of moonlight. There's no lighting around my apartment. I might have to do that. That sounds really awesome. Just because, like, I'm like, how am I supposed to do my moon water? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're always welcome over here. I don't know how you feel about bringing them into a different environment to cleanse them. I don't know if you feel that kind of connection to do it in your own environment, but. I don't really think about that. You're always more than welcome. Yeah. I appreciate that, Amy. I'm always here. And if I'm not, I'll be back in a couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More than likely, I'm here, though. My carnelian, um, my chakra book. I did. I actually have a crystal book, but I didn't actually look at that. I looked at it, but I didn't take notes on it. Right. When we were doing this. so I didn't take notes on anything. When we, when we go over carnelian again at some point, we might have more information. Yeah. We'll I see. mean, we, we talked about other ones in this I got a rock segment yeah so it's not like we're never going to talk about carnelian again yeah my chocolate book specifically said to keep carnelian wrapped in red silk mm. but it didn't say why and I'm like is it I just the red associated with the root chakra I don't know maybe yeah I need to learn about storage and I have all of mine kind of in one place yeah that's, so that's where mine are mostly um my only thing like direct sunlight is I would keep most of them away from that yeah is what I would say well that's cause... okay because they're in my dark bedroom yeah <laughs> <laughs> I the only thing that I'm really worried about is like certain crystals you don't want to keep with other crystals yeah because the energies and like there's just opposites yeah clashing and all of that yeah you guys can't see my uh, hand gestures. <laughs> and I'm not used to that. I just did like a clashing hand gesture. <laughs> gesture. Whatever. <laughs> okay. So would you like to move on yeah. to our singular topic that we both quote unquote researched this week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this week we have t uh, decided to talk about our spirit guides, ancestors, and Kind of just whatever we felt to research with that topic. Yeah. So what you got? Oh, boy. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I've told you this before, Amy, but I have, I have maybe like the past two months or so, 
just really started getting into wanting to reach out to my spirit guides and ancestors. And I want to like learn more about them, connect with them, have a relationship with them. Because I feel like that's really important in a spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, especially with spirit guides. Well, I guess for with both. Because when I was doing my research this week, um, because why would I do research before I start looking into it otherwise? But anyway, my research this week... Um, was one youtube video on it (laughs) (laughs) and i really liked it she talked about it's this lady of some shop i I could i just entered spirit guides and clicked on a video that looked good Mm -hmm. into youtube and this lady of the shop she was just going through the different kinds of spirit guides that you can have and she said everybody has a spirit guide everybody has at least one spirit guide assigned at birth And I was like, that's really reassuring because I didn't think about like looking into it. I was like, I hope I have a spirit guide because you just don't know Mm -hmm. when you you know nothing, you don't know anything, obviously. So it was just really reassuring that she said that because I was like, at least one. I'm like, okay, I can deal with that. Like, that's fine. And she's like, you can have like, you can have ones that are assigned to you that are with you from birth are always with you. And then you can have seasonal spirit guides that come in and help you work through something. And then we'll, we'll leave from there. And she talked about different kinds and she mentioned ancestor guides and ancestorial guides. So ancestor guides are your ancestors that are with you specifically. And ancestoral guides are family, like they're family guides. So those are spirit guides that come and help your whole family just throughout the generations. Like they're, they're with you, they're with your family. And so those are more seasonal. Like they'll come in and say hi and you can like communicate and have a relationship with them, but they're not always going to be there. Like they will go help other people in your family mm-hmm. and just be around them if they need, if they need to, which I thought was really interesting. I guess what I have questioning about that is if you believe in reincarnation and multiple lives, Ooh. how do your ancestral guides stay with your family when you're moving families? I mean, if you have your soul is of this family, mm-hmm. you these people, maybe one or two of them have been connected within a past life and you made that agreement to be together again. But there's always going to be a new soul. Yeah. So does this person attached to you and then help whoever you're with at this point or is it each lifetime it grows that's a really good question i want to say the second one it grows like and it's like it's not it's just everything at that point yeah it's not specifically your line mm-hmm. i feel like it's just big it is that's a, <laughs> that's a really good question though i didn't think i didn't think about that at all i was thinking just in this lifetime honestly in this lifetime your family in this life like so I, are they still tethered to you but they work with everyone around you ooh. because that would like that makes sense she was talking more of it's it's related to the family like it maybe it was originally tethered to someone way down the line and they just agreed to stay with you like to stay with the family and help the family out okay and it could be too is the other the other thing is um it could be like 
and like an archangel guide like a like a or a, a deity guide is how she was describing it so it could be like an actual deity that you're working with is in her she considers a spirit guide but they can also be like animal guides too you know so there's there's different types mm-hmm. and it makes sense that it's all kind of lumped under the same thing especially because this whole topic is kind of taboo like people like it's just not mainstream mm-hmm. basically so it makes sense that it's kind of like messy yeah <laughs> and like like everybody has different theories on the soul and what happens oh, yeah. when a human passes away and things of that nature so just it's a lot <laughs> it is. yeah that's super interesting I will say I I did a meditation with so it was Monday night. I did a meditation with Carnelian and my clear quartz point. I my intention was just to meditate and like feel the energy of the crystal. But at the end of it, like the whole day, I had just been really wanting to try to connect with my spirit guides and like really just start a conversation, start a relationship with them or whoever. And so after I meditated, I pulled out my modern witch tarot deck because that's like my deck at this point. Like that's the one I'm I'm most comfortable with. I really like the imagery of. It's just like my go-to deck basically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I was I was just shuffling and I was like kind of in my head. I was like, okay, you guys know I'm trying to reach out to you. Who is here? Who do I need to reach out to? Like, who who do I need to connect with? Do I need to, like, reach out to? And I've, I've done this before, kind of. And I pulled... So the, the idea with using tarot with it is with the major arcana, they have, like, you can use... Those are kind of archetypes. I don't really fully understand what that means or... <laughs> how that plays into our lives or anything like that. But those are kind of archetypes of life. And people can, like, you can use a major arcana card to represent a spirit guide or a deity. And so that was kind of my intention with it. I was like, can you please give me something, like just something to go off of that I can associate with you, basically. Um, And so I started shuffling and I was expecting to pull out three certain cards that I have pulled out before that when I have worked with, tried to work with my spirit guys. So I was expecting these three cards to pull out. Didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually, I initially pulled, like my initial pull was my personal card, my my signifier card that I've finally found and claimed. Is that the High Priestess? Yeah, the High Priestess. So I grabbed her. And I also got the Three of Cups, which that's kind of like celebration and friendship and connection. At least that's how I take it. I know there's different interpretations of that card, but that's kind of how I take it. And I was like, that's if it's my higher self, great. If it's just like them saying, hey, that's you, like, we're glad that you're doing this. Awesome. But that was my first pull. And then I, I kept shuffling and I had a lot of cards just like fall. Like just that just happens when you shuffle. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially like the way I prefer to shuffle is where they do fall. Like I love it when a card pops out. When it flies out, it's like, it's meant to be. Exactly. (laughs) So I was shuffling and the first like pile that fell out, I was kind of like looking through, I was again, expecting certain cards to come out and I had a different major arcana card come out. I had judgment come out and I was like, I wonder, I was like, maybe. And I was like, eh, probably not. Because I was, ex- again, expecting something else. So I put it back in the deck, kept shuffling, pops out again. Mm-hmm. It just kind of falls out again. And I was like, 
All right, if this is somebody, if, it, if this pops out again, I will take that as a sign that this is somebody trying to catch with me. It didn't fall out, it flew out. Again, <laughs> Bitch, listen to me! By itself <laughs> is the other thing. Like the other two times it fell out with cards and then it flew out in front of me, like not just in my life, in front of me by itself. And I was just like, okay. What was the card again? Judgment. Oh. And I'm like, oh. I'm like fuck it's judgment like oh my god but <laughs> judgment's not necessarily a bad thing in my head it is so i need to work on that <laughs> that's what i just need to work on that apparently but judgment came out and the world same thing happened with the world and i've been getting the world a lot lately just the way that she like she came out once with like a group of cards and then the second time she came out, she just flew right next to the other one that I had in front of me, just like right next to it. And I was like, okay, that's clearly like, you're trying to talk to me about this. Yeah. And then the last card I pulled out, I, I have pulled before the star. I pulled her before when I've tried to connect with spirit guides, but i never felt as connected to that one as with the other cards that I pulled and the other energies I was trying to connect with, I guess, mm -hmm. um, which I thought was really interesting, but yeah, whenever I am trying to go with their work on tarot and i just put my attention as what do i need to hear right now yeah i feel like that's when the cards fly the most mm -hmm. so it has to be something yeah it's that's like listen to me yeah. <laughs> this is what i want you to know yeah <laughs> so um, yeah that's super interesting and then that night i worked with mugwort a little bit and i was like i would really appreciate being able to connect with my dreams, like connecting with my guides in my dreams. Mm. As a, like from a kid, I have always felt connection to my dreams. Like I just, I have just really strongly felt a connection. And as I've gotten older, I like, I just like the idea of being able to receive messages through dreams and just like astral projection is just so interesting to me and I really 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 want to get there I just I'm not there yet I'm not ready for it at all it's terrifying I'm I'm so, I'm excited by it yeah. I think it sounds so exciting it is but I you hear horror stories for sure you're leaving your vessel and that's what scares me like I don't remember how I heard about it I think it might have been on a podcast I was listening to there was somebody who was talking about how she astral projects and she had somebody try to physically push her out of her own body. Oh like she felt this person pushing and then she had to be like, no, you can come in, but you cannot push me out. Yeah. And the idea of if you're astral projecting and somebody can just take over your vessel. You're so vulnerable when you astral project, that's for sure. It's like you need to be protected when you do it. Yeah, and, and I'm, we I'm know how yet. I feel about vulnerability. Yeah. <laughs> I've talked about it already in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so that I think that's why. I think it's really interesting, but it's terrifying. Yeah. So I worked with Mugwort, fell asleep. <laughs> uh, I had the carnelian in the pillowcase. So I, it's one of those pillowcases that opens in the middle from the back. So I just, mm -hmm. I just like shoved it in there because I was like, I don't want it. Like, I don't want to be rolling around and it fall out. So I just shoved it in there and I had a dream about visiting a cemetery and I've had like this 2020 was the first time I've ever, as far as I remember, I ever had a dream about visiting a cemetery or a graveyard and trying to talk to spirits there. 
And like, that's something I'm, I actively think about, not so much recently, but like, I have definitely like TikTok introduced, like just watching videos of TikToks and people doing that and talking about graveyard etiquette and visiting graveyards and stuff. Like it's something I am just really interested in and I want to do at some point when I'm ready for it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was just the specific, having a graveyard specific dream after talk like connecting with spirit guides and trying to talk to them and saying i would really appreciate this makes me feel like i'm inclined to say that the spirit these spirit guides are ancestors for me Mm -hmm. but i I mean i haven't confirmed it but like that's just my gut feeling of like even if they're not ancestors they have passed on like they are humans who have passed on yeah they've lived human lives yeah interesting yeah i've always felt connections to my dreams as well so i mean i do have connections just up to the moon (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think what's interesting i mentioned in the introduction episode how i feel that my family is very intuitive yeah it happens a lot in dreams where we pull those messages for example i my great aunt woke up from a dream in the middle of the night one time and called her daughter and was like are you trying for a kid and then her daughter was like, how did you know that? Like, they've been trying for months, but they've had fertility issues. Yeah. And they couldn't actually reproduce. And then I've had experiences similar that I'm not going to mention because I don't want certain people to know about them. But I have these dreams. And I've kind of tried to work more on paying attention to my dreams Mm -hmm. and trying to pull messages out of them because the couple of dreams that I'm thinking of specifically I didn't realize that they were messages right until I found out after the fact yeah so it's super interesting yeah that's see I get a lot of deja vu Mm -hmm. and I I definitely feel that like what you're like I I definitely resonate with what you just said (laughs) yeah so I guess it could be familial spirit guide ancestors, since it is such like in the in the bloodline. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's super interesting. It makes sense. I, it makes sense to me that like ancestors would want to guide you and stuff. Yeah. Like they're family. They love you. They want to be around you. Yeah. You know? Or they they want to help you. Mm-hmm. So. So I did a spirit guide meditation. Ooh, how did that go? And I am really bad at meditating. Same, yeah. I always end up having an itch that I have to scratch. (laughs) So I kind of bring myself out of it. Or I start thinking about something else Mm -hmm. versus what I'm supposed to be focusing on or lack of focus, whatever. Yeah. So I don't know how much this is actually true versus me subconsciously wanting it. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was my grandma who I met in this meditation. Oh, my God. My mom's mom, which is strange to me Mm -hmm. because we were never close. Uh, Right after I was born, my mom kind of, she didn't necessarily split ties, but it was very tense with her family. So I didn't spend very much time with her family. Mm -hmm. And to this day, like I kind of cut them all off after my grandpa died because I don't think that they're necessarily great people. Is this the grandpa that you feel closer connected to? I don't know that I feel closer connected. I don't feel close to any of my grandparents. Okay. My dad's dad died uh, when he was 16, and I was born on the day that he died. Oh, yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, and then my 
mom's parents, my mom was born, she was an accident, and my aunts were already in high school when she was born. Okay. So they were older. They were, they all, they had a pretty long life. I think they were both at least close to their 80s, if not in their 80s before they passed away. But since like they were already kind of up there in age, it wasn't as, I don't know the words I'm trying to think of, but we didn't have that great relationship that everybody talks about with their grandparents. Yeah. And like my one surviving grandparent, I call her my mammal, mm-hmm. she's gotten better. She's opened up a lot within this past few years. She's had a bout with anxiety and I think that really kind of woke her up a little bit, okay. but we still aren't close. Mm-hmm. I We don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Just, we aren't super close. And it kind of just blew my mind that I saw her there because also when we went to Nashville, we both had our palms read. Yeah. And that psychic mentioned to me that there was a woman with me. There was an older woman who was guiding me, basically. So that's kind of, I don't know. That's where the subconsciousness comes in. Yeah. I don't know if subconsciously I remembered that mm-hmm. and projected my grandma in mm-hmm. that meditation. Or if my meditation succeeded and I really saw her and she is actually guiding me. Yeah. But it's interesting. It's cool either way. Yeah. Honestly. That's really cool. So I don't I don't know what to do with it quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened last night, so. <laughs> Ooh, this is fresh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually do any research on our main topic yeah. until last night because, like I said, this week has been a lot. Yeah. But it was crazy. That's exciting. It was crazy. unexpected mm-hmm. since we, we weren't close in life. She passed away. Uh, right before I went to college. So, I mean, like, we would see her a couple times a year, but she had a lot of mental health issues, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, what's kind of passed on to me. Uh, I think she also had dementia. So she wasn't necessarily all there from most of what I remember. So, I don't know. It was just very interesting to have that and see her because of that. That's exciting. Yeah. I love that you, like, were able to meditate to a point where you, like, saw somebody. Like, that's, like, my, the entire meditation I was doing, I only meditated that night this week, this past week. Like, I, I don't meditate regularly. I'm so bad at meditating. <laughs> well, the whole time I was thinking, I was like, okay, like, what are you, like, just remember what you're doing exactly so you can talk about it on a podcast. Like, I was so in my head about it. Mm-hmm just getting out of it's just so hard to get out of your head sometimes when especially when you start doing stuff new like that because you're like am I doing it right how am I supposed like what am I supposed to feel what am I supposed to do I did a past life regression and saw myself as Pocahontas like you know that was like the Disney version of Pocahontas it was animated and everything like (laughs) you know that wasn't real that was my head wanting to portray something well it yeah I mean it is your head wanting to portray something but like that's the current image that you have that you're trying to connect to, I guess, potentially. I don't know. I think it was just my subconscious trying to find something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was animated Pocahontas <laughs> in a past life. <laughs> no? No. <laughs> That's really funny. 
I have, sorry, I'm looking at my notes from my dream and I forgot, like, so I had like a mini dream before going to the cemetery and in the dream, I went outside just to like be in nature and stuff and a lady walking a bright pink poodle walked by and we like, she stopped and we talked a little bit and it, I couldn't tell any like distinguished features of her. I just, she was an older lady and I felt like I kind of recognized her from, oh my God, when was it? Over a year ago. When I, I don't know if I told you this, when I first got my horse, I, I wanted to make sure I wasn't buying my horse just because I was excited and I just wanted it. You I didn't want... want to pull an Amy. <laughs> Start having panic attacks and have to give your animal away. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I was, I don't know. I was, I was scared when I first started the, the purchasing process. I was scared that I was going to convince myself that I felt this connection to this horse before an actual connection was there. And I was just going to force it basically. And I was like, I don't need to do, like, I don't need to rush this. I don't need to do that. But after my, the first time I visited her, I had a dream where I visited her, the horse, and I was just like saying hi. And I didn't really feel a connection. I like, I was planning on just moving on and looking for a different horse basically. And I went to like pet her face as like a final, like, bye, you know, nice meeting you. And I went, I turned to leave and something held my hand in place. Like, I was just like, I, I, I couldn't, it was just pulling me back. And so I turned around and a lady was there. And so I am, I think it's the same lady. And I just, that's the first time I've had a dream like that was when I was purchasing my horse. So basically what you're telling me is you need a bright pink poodle. I, yes, <laughs> yes, I do. I think I, I do really like the idea of having a poodle though, like for real. Really? Yeah. No, I, I think they're super cute. They're not just cute though. They're like, like, not like small poodles, like an actual yeah. poodle. You know, they're originally hunting dogs. I didn't know that. I know, right? Nobody does. They're originally like hunting dogs, sport dogs. Like they're, they're like really sporty and stuff. I, just, I, I know just that they're cute. smart. They're very easily trained, but mm -hmm. I didn't realize that they were hunting animals. Yeah. Well, I mean, all dogs originally were. Yeah, but you don't get a dash hound and expect it to hunt. They were bred for um, underground animals. They were bred for, like, hunting ferrets and moles. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact about... You don't get a chihuahua and expect it to go hunt. <laughs> they were actually... <laughs> I mean, that kind of makes sense. But I don't know. I feel like dash hounds are really hard to train. But I don't, I don't, I don't know too much. I've never had one or really been around them. Yeah, I, I, have no, I don't, I've never really been around dogs myself, but. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But that's really neat that you saw that connection, like, with the horse. And then you think it might have been her in this other dream. I think so, yeah. So, I'm going to say she's your spirit guide. I'm going to, I'm going to go with, she's definitely somebody. Yeah, she's <laughs> here for you. <laughs> she's saying, you need to buy this horse. What, do you, what were you guys talking about in the dream? I think we were just saying hi. Like, she was just, like, she, like, lived in the area. Like, like it was it was right outside my apartment in the dream. So I just, like, went outside just to be in nature. And she just walks by with her dog, and we are just like, oh, hi. And you had the intention to speak with your spirit guides. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. 
She's absolutely your spirit guide. <laughs> Thank you for confirming. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. But I don't know who she is. <laughs> you don't need to. You just have to listen true. to her when she comes. Yeah. And get a pink poodle. Oh my gosh. I just popped my back super hard. <laughs> oh, that felt good though. Every time I cackle, I see the spike <laughs> in the sound wave. So I try to laugh directly at the mic because I'm like, I feel like I laugh super loud. <laughs> I'm sorry to headphone wearers. Um, I can't help my cackle. It is what it is. Maybe I am a witch. Just kidding. That's like a. It's my family cackle. <laughs> I'm the only one who cackles. <laughs> it is so funny because like we'll be out in public and I'll cackle and people will stare at me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, don't look at me. I can't help it. <laughs> this is my laugh. <laughs> if something's funny, I'm gonna cackle. Yeah. I get that. Oh yeah. I also wanted to say. So I sent you the video of that guy. This guy, he was talking and he paused for like a dramatic effect and so you could think about what he was saying. But oh. his eyes like did this thing where it looked like his soul left his body. He really, he like spaced out for a solid two seconds yeah. real hard. <laughs> it freaked me out. But I was watching his video and he mentioned that it's possible that your spirit guides are actually yourself because time isn't what we think of it. Your higher self, right? Not necessarily, okay. just okay. you in different aspects of your journey as a soul. Okay. So I kind of consider that your higher self, even if it's not like you ascended or anything like that, or you as a master of whatever. I, I do like it's it's you from different times is you in a different realm I consider a higher self basically yeah because it's not like us physically in this world yeah but it could be and? it could be like <laughs> the way he talked about it is time isn't linear mm -hmm. it's a time is a construct that we have created as humans to make life easier for ourselves but you could have, a, your soul could be active in a different quote-unquote time at the same time as you. So you could have somebody come into your life who is at this point in time, but is still your soul mm -hmm. giving you advice. And that's you guiding yourself. That's pretty neat. Yeah. I would, ooh, I would love to astral project and meet other me's. <laughs> is that a thing? I don't know. That'd be so cool. But I thought that was so interesting. Just thinking there's you. You're doing it. You're spacing out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing <laughs> You can't see, but I did his little eye thing. <laughs> it's just very interesting to think about your spirit guides just being you and yeah. guiding you based on how your soul has interacted before mm -hmm. in other contexts. Yeah. and how it will help you in this specific context. I love that idea. I think so. That makes me think of me pulling the high priestess when I was trying to connect my, to my spirit guides. I pulled the card for myself. And so initially I was like, is this my higher self? Because that's the only image of me I've ever thought of. Like I, I gosh, I've only really thought about myself in terms of this world. And that's kind of like it. I've never really thought about in the same, like at the same time, being in a different place somewhere, somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I've never, so that's really interesting to think about. I like that. Yeah. It's, I think it's hard as humans for us to grasp that because I mean, it's 
our our soul is in, inside of us. Yeah. So how can it be split? Mm-hmm. But once you kind of stop thinking about time, your soul is in this other area in that quote-unquote time. Mm-hmm. The way he mentioned it was, there's no time but the present moment. There's no past because in the past, it was the current moment. There's no future because in the future, it will be the current moment. Mm-hmm. So all you have is the current moment. If you, it's kind of hard to picture that because that okay. the way our society has worked yeah. itself out, it's so centered around time. Yeah. Like even me personally, I'm so paranoid about time. I'm constantly early. That pisses him off to no end. I'm constantly. I was. <laughs> I was like. I'm constantly late though, and that that annoys me. I'm. I hate being that person. I hate being that friend who's always late. But I'm trying. <laughs> like I would. I'm always at least ten minutes early. My motto is: you're ten minutes early, or you're late. Exactly. That's that's how I grew up, and it makes me so irritated with myself that I am. The complete opposite of that currently. I think that actually works into that because we were always late growing up. Oh. My dad is never on time for anything. So, I mean, maybe to work, but that's about it. Yeah. So I think the way you grew up, me constantly being late and being anxious about that mm-hmm. kind of brought it to flip it. Yeah. And then maybe when you were growing up and the need to be on time constantly stressed you out yeah. so you flipped that 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 makes a lot of sense yeah yeah because it did stress me out as a kid and going to church that was the other thing is like we were always stressed about getting on time to church and being early of course even though we even though you didn't want to <laughs> that, that was the hardest one but yeah yeah no, that makes a lot of sense now it's that we have like control over our, our schedules this is it's just how it's coming through Mm -hmm. so kind of trying to step back from that mentality about time and time is not real it's hard for humans i think Mm -hmm. well in the the human brain tries to like we try to understand stuff so simplistically because it's easier Mm -hmm. and that's why people like everything's black or white and it's we all know it's not right maybe we don't all know that but (laughs) i was actually talking to an old co-worker about this we we would have deep conversations and everybody else had, in the office would just be like, oh my God, Scott Nang, you're talking again. And the way we kind of talked about it is like the most intelligent people realize that we don't know it. Yeah. We don't know anything. Yeah. There's so much that we don't know. And the people who think that they're smart don't. The people who think that they're smart, but really they're not, they're like, oh, I know everything. Yeah. So... I think the fact that we're sitting here talking about how we don't know and there's so much more and there's things that we cannot grasp as humans says a lot about our intelligence. Agreed. But that's just, again, we talked about this in the first, like in our introduction episode, like it's just our experiences too. Like we're, we're at a point where we can realize that, Mm -hmm. you know, and we've, we've, we have had a higher education. Like we both went to college. That's how we met. And so having all of those different perspectives and being surrounded by so many different people with so many different takes on everything really makes like helps you realize just how little you know about everything. Because if you're if you if you grow up in a small town and you stay in a small town your whole life and you work in a small town, what outside knowledge, what outside experiences are you really getting? Mm-hmm. And how are you growing from that, you know? 
not necessarily like you can't have a, a fulfilled, rich, enriching life living and staying in a small town, but just looking like the world is so big. There's how many billion people on the planet? I'm going to Google it. <laughs> I think it's over seven. You can keep talking. But there's just, there's so many experiences and so many opinions and just so many cultures that you're not aware of if you don't start looking outside of what you know. And it's uncomfortable. And so I feel like a lot of people don't want to, like you want to know your world and you want to master your world. And it's hard to say, I'm going to start looking at this new thing and to not know anything about it and to have it's it's being vulnerable almost and like looking looking at what you don't know and saying I can't understand that like I I don't know anything about that mm -hmm. is really hard I think for a lot of people yeah in 2019 there were 7.7 .7 billion people that went up from 3 billion in 1960 so in 50 years it went up 4 billion that's a lot. 4.7 billion. That's a lot. Holy <laughs> balls. Oh, man. I, it makes me nervous. It just makes me think die. about climate change and human population and our effect on the world. I've been thinking about that a lot, though, recently. <laughs> well, we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, David Attenberg on Netflix has, it's like his witness statement, his testament of doing, because he's, he's the voice behind so many nature documentaries. And I didn't realize that he was actually out in the field. I thought he was just a guy with a nice voice with a script, you know, piecing this all together. No, he was out in the field researching being a part of the world. And he, on Netflix, it's his witness statement, witness testament. It's, it's really good. I recommend it for everybody. It, it's well done, well produced. And I initially, like, it made me cry. I'm like starting <laughs> to feel like, I, I'm Pisces, it made me cry. <laughs> what is it? Going into it, I was nervous because I, just looking at the world currently makes me nervous. It makes me uncomfortable. I'm scared. Mm -hmm. But he leaves it on a hopeful note and he has, he just has a really good message behind it that I think a lot of people should listen to. I understand that you're being serious and this is like a serious thing, but the whole time you were just talking about that, I was thinking, I'm a snake. I'm a snicker little snake. A slithery little snake. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a video of like a voiceover where this guy was making fun of voiceovers and it was just a snake. And he was like, I'm a snake. I'm a slurry little snake. <laughs> uh, in case, for those of you who don't know, uh, I live under a rock. <laughs> and I'm a hip, cool cousin, so I keep up with the times, except yeah. not really. Yeah, we try. It, it overwhelms me to a certain extent. I like I, I have my my social media. I have my points of contact with the rest of the world, and that's all I can take most of the time. So yeah, I don't know. I've definitely noticed a shift since graduating college. It's so much harder to keep up yeah. with like what the kids are doing these days. Well, because we're not kids anymore. Amy. We're ancient. Oh my. You're gonna be 25 this year. I'm gonna be 26 this year. I'm gonna lose my insurance. <sighs> I know. I, I keep thinking about. <laughs> I don't have a savings account. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I have one. It just doesn't have anything in it. I ha I they 
they took my dollar away. I had, I, I know, I had a bank account and they took my, I have my one dollar that was in that bank account that I was going to have for savings. I don't know what happened to it. I still have the account. It's still open. I just don't know what happened. Maybe it, did I you overdraft at one point? No. Mm -hmm. Cause that's not the one I normally pull from. That was specifically going to be a savings account. Right. So. And you were accruing interest on it? Was it a checking account that you set yes. up as a saving account? Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Get a savings account so you can accrue interest. Yeah. Even if it's minimal. Like every once in a while I get a few pennies. Yeah. But when I have money in there. Yeah. Right now I have half of my summer tuition in it. So it's accruing some interest. Mm -hmm. So get you a savings account that's labeled a savings account. Yeah. Because you won't earn interest on a checking account. Mm -hmm. My paycheck through <laughs> That's nice. I'm surprised your bank didn't automatically. What bank do you use? Old National. Oh, I use PNC. My account number is. No. <laughs> <laughs> when I signed up with PNC, I automatically got three accounts. Huh. I have a saving, or I have two checking accounts mm -hmm. and a savings account. Well, I got it when I went to college and they set it up as a student account. So when I turn 26, it's like it's gonna switch at some point so i need to look into that as well yeah i just not brought up to pnc that i graduated mm -hmm. although technically i am still a student mm -hmm. because i'm in grad school but i'm not like a full-time student yeah we are not talking about spirituality at all no we're just talking this point. finance yeah <laughs> get you a savings account and put a little bit of money in there so you are an interest try to yeah just like oh my god it's if you're gonna have a savings account, Just make like sure it earns interest. Five dollars every month is adds up. You don't think it does, yeah. but it does. Like what? That's five times twelve. That's not a number. It's over five hundred dollars. Five times twelve yeah. is not over five hundred dollars. Five times ten is five hundred. No, that's fifty. Damn it. Yeah. A finance major can't do math. <laughs> I I'm like... using a calculator because I can't do mental math. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm trying to work it's on $60. it. It's $60. Okay. So you might have $62 by the end of the year with interest. There you go. But if I don't have a deficit in my budget, then I try to put back $10 every paycheck. Yeah. So that's 20 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. But also, I spend money like I have it when I don't. Yeah, right. It's hard not to. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, well, we should probably wrap this up. <laughs> okay, so anyway. I actually set up our social media. <gasps> no, -uh. I was going to so, talk to you about that today. Cool. <laughs> we now have an email, Ooh. a Twitter, Ooh. and an Instagram. Ooh. Twitter and Instagram, you can find us at, at soulpod, or no, at soultappod mm. on both, same at, and then... If you want to email us, I don't know what you want to email us about. Maybe topics you want to hear about, things you want to have us discuss. Maybe you just want to bitch at us. Yeah, that too. We'll, we'll maybe read it. <laughs> <laughs> it. Depends on if we end up getting a lot of emails. Yeah. Um, but you can email us at soultappod at gmail.com. That's so exciting. Yeah. Thank you for setting that up, Amy. That's so exciting. I have a... I think it's really, when I started looking at stuff, I was like, soul tap. A lot of it was like tap dance. And I was like, I hope they don't mind. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. I'll, I shall also. It's S O U L T A P. 
Yeah. Not S-O-L-E. So, I mean. That's a good distinguish. Yeah. (laughs) You guys are listening, so I'm sure you've seen our cover work and, like, know that it's not, like, the sole of your feet. But just so we can clarify that and nobody's following the wrong. I feel like they'd figure it out. Yeah, I'm not sure they would. (laughs) Y'all are smart, but. (laughs) So, just in case. But, yeah, so I guess that kind of wraps up today. Mm-hmm. And I had a good time chatting today. Oh, I had so much fun. I think we went into a lot. Mm. We got pretty deep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is just the beginning. Woo! <laughs> it's only up from here. So yeah. we hope that you guys continue to listen mm-hmm. and that you'll listen next week and see what we learn and talk about then. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? Mm, just feel free to reach out to us. Yeah, yeah. we're open. Send us an email. We'd love to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.